We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. A married St. Louis lesbian couple was rebuffed several months ago when they applied for residence at Friendship Village, a local retirement community. Friendship Village rejected the application, citing its cohabitation policy. It adheres to the biblical definition of marriage as between one man and one woman. Mary Walsh and Beverly Nance took Friendship Village to federal court. That suit was dismissed a few days ago. Why and what now? Joining me in studio to talk about it are Jeffrey Mittman, executive director of the ACLU of Missouri. Arlene Zaremka is a lawyer for the plaintiffs. Thank you both for being with us. Nice to have you. Thank Good you. Good to be here. Arlene, let me begin with you. What was the court's rationale for its decision? Well, the court uh, claimed that the Federal Housing Act doesn't bar discrimination based on sexual orientation and that this was not a sex discrimination claim. We, of course, vigorously disagree with that because by definition, if you reject somebody because of you say that a woman is rejected because she's married to a woman, you're rejecting them because of the sex of the person to whom they are married. And if Mary had been married to a man, they would not have been rejected or vice versa. But uh, uh, sexual orientation is not mentioned specifically in the Housing Act. Not specifically, yeah. but certainly this is sex discrimination and therefore covered by the Housing Act. Right. Jeffrey, what do you make of that uh, ruling? Uh, again, we've seen in the fight for equality on any indicator that there's uh, public education that is needed, there's court rulings that are needed, and then there's legislative action. Uh, unfortunately, we're disappointed in the judge's ruling. Uh, we think uh, it will be shown eventually to be incorrect. But in the meantime, we're continuing to work to tell their story, to let Missourians know why a state where all of us are welcome, where all of us are included, is a better state, and then working with the legislators to address this as well. Arlene, I, th I think it's expected this is going to be appealed, although I haven't seen that formally announced. Oh, yes, definitely Mary and Bev are going to be appealing this. We simply have to get the paperwork put together. Yes. There's a certain forms you file with the court. Given the fact that the Supreme Court has ruled in the Obergefell case on, on a, a gay marriage, it would seem to me, a layman, that this is an act of discrimination simply on that basis. Yes, and in fact, that's one reason that Mary and Bev were so devastated by the rejection, because first of all, they had met several times with the admissions director, uh, the marketing director at Friendship Village, who had been very welcoming. Uh, they went to lunch. They you know, had picked out a, a residence, at the, you know, the type of apartment they wanted to move into. And everything was going according to Hoyle, so to speak. And then after, and the marketing director said, if you pay down a deposit by such and such a day, we'll even give you last year's price break, which would have been a $12,000 less for them to move in. And then two days later, she calls up and says, uh, I have to ask you something. What's your relationship? And Mary said, well, we were married. We're married. And we've been together for 40 years. Marketing director said, well, I'll have to get back to you. And then they got the rejection. We have a clips from Mary, who did an extensive interview with, with uh, one of our reporters, Shayla Farzan, and let's uh, hear what she has to say with regard to why they decided to take action. You have to be make people aware that people are still discriminating against uh, gay and lesbians, uh, 
and that uh, this is happening, and uh, it's not right in my mind. And I, and I wanted people to become aware that this was still going on, and hopefully we can change it. That's Mary Walsh, one of the plaintiffs in the action against uh, Friendship Village. Uh, Dirk, one of our listeners, uh, put a question to us and to you, therefore, on Facebook. And he asks, how does it not violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, Jeffrey? Right, Don, I think you really nailed it when you said the Supreme Court looked at these couples who are part of the American community or part of Missouri and said discriminating against them is wrong. It doesn't abide by our values, and it's not constitutional. So you've nailed it, and, and, and the listener nailed it as well. The question isn't whether this is right or wrong. We all know it's wrong. The question is, how do we move the courts forward? How do we move public opinion forward? And how do we do move legislative action forward? You and I know that right now in the state of Missouri, that it would be perfectly legal for the uh, leadership of the public radio station to come to you and say, you're a straight man, and we're firing you because you're straight. Now, we know that's morally wrong. We know it's not the kind of society we want to live in, but that's the way the law is currently in Missouri. So we have to move forward on several fronts. We need to go to the Missouri legislature and say, enact MONA. Make it clear that Missouri will stop discriminating. Just, uh, tell us what MONA is. And MONA is the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act. And like many of the acts we've passed in this country, we want to protect people in their housing, in their public accommodations, and in their employment. So in other words, we should be able to go into a restaurant and eat without being refused because of our religion, because of our gender, because of our sexual orientation, because of our race. We should be able to be a work. We should be able to find housing. Right now in Missouri, there are not sufficient protections, so that's the case. And that's why you get decisions like this. Arlene, Missouri has been kind of messing around with this for some 20 years, I think, without taking action, although it's been requested uh, throughout that time. Yes. Uh, in fact, um, I would say, let's see, we started the Privacy Rights Education Project was started in 1987 after the Supreme Court decision in the Hardwick case. Uh, then one of the big issues was trying to re overturn Missouri's sexual misconduct law, which was finally repealed many, many years later. But now we still have no protections under Missouri law for you know, protecting against discrimination based on sexual orientation in employment, housing, et cetera. Why, why do you think we're so slow to respond to what seems to be uh, acceptable in many other states these days? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I guess because we are a very conservative state, um, I think that a lot of people who are gay and lesbian are still in the closet because they're afraid to come out because afraid of the consequences. And so a lot of people don't realize how many gay and lesbian people they actually know who are contributing members of society, who are people that they love, could be their daughter, it could be a cousin, and a lot of people don't realize that they have these people in their family, that we are part of everyone's families. And uh, so I think that that's part of it, is, is the fear of coming out and the fear of rejection that a lot of people face. As more and more people come out, then the attitudes will change. And I think this is exactly why the Hardwick decision was eventually overturned by the Supreme Court, because there was such an outcry by the gay and lesbian community after the Hardwick, uh, Hardwick decision that upheld criminalization of lesbian and gay uh, sexual expression. And the, um, there was such an outcry nationally that that even affected the Supreme Court, which eventually overturned the Hardwick decision 17 years later, which in a court sense is a very short time for a case to be overturned. Jeffrey, why do you think Missouri is so slow? 
I think uh, <clears throat> as individuals in our families, in our communities, we are accepting, we understand that we treat all people well. Unfortunately, there are some uh, politicians who choose for their own purposes to misinform people, to create divisions. So for example, there, will peop there are some politicians who will try to uh, convey the idea that lesbian and gay people are a threat to religious freedom. Um, you and I know that's not the case. You and I know that the ACLU is at the forefront of protecting those rights to practice your religion, to preach your religion. But unfortunately, there's uh, uh, a, a false dichotomy set up and said, well, if you are a same-sex couple, if you're a married couple, your existence is a violation of my religious rights. We've got to start talking. We've got to start talking about what a lesbian couple is, what a gay couple is, what it is to be transgender, and that those people are part of our community, and that by contributing in housing and employment, by contributing in opening businesses and being welcome, they're making us stronger Missouri. In fact, one thing I would like to point out is that Bev was a Clayton High School math teacher for many years, and then she was principal of Clayton High School and then she became an associate professor at Maryville University. So she was contributing to the education of our students. Uh, and yet, Friendship Village didn't care about that. Um, Mary was a telecom employee for about 30 years. So she was also you know, a contributing member of society. Both of them deserve to be able to have the retirement that they wish. And I want to point out that this case affects all senior gays and lesbians. Everyone who's gay and lesbian worries about, who are older especially, worry about where will I be able to live when I'm older, you know, if I need more assistance, if I need some, where am I going to be able to go? And some people say, well, just move someplace else. Hmm. It costs money to move. Missouri, St. Louis is a very low-cost uh, city compared to, for example, uh, New Mexico or some other states. We can't just up and leave, nor, and on top of it, we shouldn't have to. Our networks of friends, family are all here in St. Louis. So all the people who live in St. Louis who are LGBT, who want to remain here to maintain those connections, they should be able to be allowed to do so and be allowed to live in peace and safety in retirement communities of any sort in Missouri. Given the, the polarized nature of our society right at this very moment, I wonder if the timing of this case is really uh, beneficial to you in any way, Arlene, and to Jeffrey. Uh, and we also have a question from, or a point from one of our listeners saying, is this the frontier of LGBTQ rights as we age? I mean, we are on the precipice maybe of just getting past the, all this, you think? I, I think here's one respect in which the timing is important. Uh, as you pointed out, uh, there was a lot of coverage of the Obergefell decision. Uh, most Americans know the Supreme Court has said it's wrong to discriminate against lesbian gay couples. So we can sort of breathe a collective sigh of relief that we've made progress, but we forget that the way we interact as a society is so complex in terms of federal laws, state laws, practices, private business practices, government practices, we forget that there's still more work to do. So we know that the trend is going the right direction. We know that these protections will come. We know that young people, by a vast, overwhelming majority, don't even understand why we're having this fight. But it really is about protecting two women who've been part of our community forever, who've contributed, who've helped people's lives, for them to go into a business and be told, your, your kind isn't wanted here, and then for a federal judge to think that's appropriate, we know it's wrong. It's making sure that the Missouri legislature, the courts, and Missouri public understand it's wrong, that we can change it. And I would say that in terms of the question about is this the right time for this type of case, fighting discrimination, it's always the right time to fight discrimination. 
I can assure you that back in 1986, when we were fighting the, had the Hardwick decision come down from the Supreme Court, and when we had the criminalizations of gays and lesbian in Missouri, it was the right time to fight those. Those were really dark days, and yet we made progress even during those dark days. If you would, uh, just tell our audience what the Hardwick decision was. Oh, yes, was. sure. The Supreme Court ruled in 1986 that states could make it a criminal for two people of the same sex to have sexual relations with each other. So basically, they were labeling gays and lesbians as criminals if they had sexual relations. And of course, sexual relations in an intimate relationship is a, a part of that relationship. And so they were labeling gays and lesbians as criminals. Uh, while we're talking about relationships, I have another clip from Mary Walsh that I'd like to play. And she talks here about her relationship uh, and, and her marriage. We've been married since 2009. We've been together for 40 years, pretty much says it all, <laughs> you know. And uh, we're still the most important people in, the, uh, in our lives to each other. And, uh, uh, and we still want to pursue going into old age together. Well, that states it pretty simply and pretty clearly what the relationship is. And that's Mary Walsh uh, speaking once again. Um, I have a question here, again, from Facebook, from Lindsay, who writes, and we've alluded to this, but maybe you can be more specific in what you're thinking. What's the temperature like in the Missouri legislature now for a non-discrimination act protecting LGBTQ people? Well, I have good news, and then I have a request. So the good news is we are seeing bipartisan, Republican, and Democratic legislative support to address this wrong. Uh, we've seen uh, bills introduced in the House by both Republican and Democratic legislatures and in the Senate. Uh, the good news is there's an opportunity to make progress. Uh, I invite all of the listeners to go onto our website, aclu-mo.org, to sign up. And they can join us uh, this year at our Voices of Liberty Liberty Day. We will be talking to Missouri legislatures. You ask, why is the change slow? Sometimes it takes elected officials a little bit of time to catch up to the public. We think when they see people walking the halls, coming down in rural areas, to, uh, the constituents talking to them and saying why they think this is time uh, for it to happen, that change will happen. You may recall a few years back, it was a Republican uh, Christian conservative uh, uh, legislator from rural part of Missouri who stopped one of the most discriminatory proposals that was coming through the Missouri legislature recently. So the change is happening, um, and there's ways for people to get involved to push it a little bit faster. What was that uh, rejection that you just mentioned? That was the uh, constitutional amendment to turn Missouri into a state like Georgia or North Carolina or Indiana, where they wanted to say no to LGBT people in businesses. And we were able to stop that because of bipartisan support. So the tide is turning. It needs a little help. Arlene, what do you think of, the, of Jeffrey's comment a moment ago about the millennials, the young people who are coming forth today who don't give a darn about any of this stuff? Well, I think he's absolutely right that, that in, I would hope, sooner rather than later, but I think as they age and grow, get more and more involved in, in politics and in positions of influence, I think, again, we'll see much greater progress with regard to LGBT rights. And hopefully they'll be raising children who will be taught to be open-minded and tolerant and supportive of LGBT rights and non-discrimination in general and be welcoming of all people. May I ask what your strategy is moving forward? You're going to appeal? You're going to take it? Yes, very definitely are going to be appealing this yeah. case. In terms of strategy, can anything, is, it, is it going to be different? Is your argument going to be different than it was first time around? I'm assuming it'll be very similar uh, because we think the law is on our side on this. 
it is important to note, the Supreme Court of the United States has already ruled that discriminating against somebody based on your perception of what they should look mm-hmm. like or what they should mm-hmm. do based on their gender is wrong. Uh, the Pricewaterhouse case is a Supreme Court case that makes it very clear. You can't have assumptions about you should look this way or dress this way or be manly or feminine or you should date a man or date a woman. You need to have space for all Americans to express themselves fully in the workplace, in businesses, and in their homes. Okay, well, yeah. we're, we're, go ahead, Arlene. Yeah, and I'd say that part of that expression is the fact that a lesbian or a gay mm-hmm. couple, they have a right to full protections, and the court is basically, the Supreme Court has really said that. that and we're going to be, I think we'll have a good chance on appeal. What, what has to happen for this to get to the Supreme Court? A reversal? Well, it, of course, it's always up to the Supreme Court whether or not they take a case. But first, this has to go to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and they would have to make a decision, and that could take, of course, quite a while. And then after that, it depends on what the parties decide to do, you know, and whether or not there's any negotiated settlement or a further appeal by one party or the other. I would assume, Jeffrey, that this would be a good thing to take it to the Supreme Court to finally get it resolved on, on the basis of what you're thinking is here. You may recall when it came to the marriage decisions, the ACLU and many other organizations, National Center for Lesbian Rights is working with us, as is a private law firm. Uh, Lots of people, organizations are taking lots of action all around the country. So this is one of many cases that are working their way up through the federal and state courts that will go through the courts of appeal and then eventually the Supreme Court. Uh, So the progress is slow, but we work together. Um, It's uh, everyone does their part. And as I said, we'll be working with National Center for Lesbian Rights, with the plaintiffs. And then, as I said, I'm asking for Missourians to come out and work with us here in Missouri because progress happens in lots of places all at once. But we have a different court now than we did a couple of years ago. Uh, is that likely to make a difference, do you think? It's hard to say because um, judges learn, judges change, and I don't necessarily assume that all the judges, you know, that the current Supreme Court is necessarily hostile to this type of claim, we don't know. It's, it's a great point. I remember when I was in law school, uh, I was reading Justice Kennedy's opinions, and the first opinion I wrote of his, uh, I believe was a, an issue of an LGBT member in the Navy, and it was very, I wouldn't say it was anti-gay, but it was not perhaps as enlightened and as progressive and as full of hope as his later decisions were. So right. judges evolve, um, and I think the, the justices of the Supreme Court understand the political fabric of the country, and I don't think they want to push us backward in time. But how much is the Supreme Court influenced by public opinion? It's a very good question. I think they were both influenced by and influence opinion itself. But going back to what, what, what you and Arlene have spoken about, currently we know the American political climate, the American cultural climate is very much more understanding of the diversity of uh, sexual orientations, gender identities, uh, racial identities. And we're making progress as a culture, as a community. So that trend should and will continue. A couple of minutes left. I want to read something uh, as of a couple of hours ago. The uh, folks at uh, Friendship Village have responded. I think it's their first response to all of this public response. I'll read it to you. The board of directors of Friendship Village, which has been serving seniors with excellence for more than 40 years, has been reviewing with legal counsel Judge Hamilton's memorandum and order on the matter brought by Ms. Walsh and Ms. Nance. We have no additional comment to offer at this time, but will reach out in future as best we are able. We continue to wish Ms. Walsh and Ms. Nance the best. Your thoughts on that, uh, Arlene? Well, the best for Mary and Bev would have been to be accepted at 
Delmer at a friendship village and not be rejected because they are a married lesbian couple. Just that simple. Do other similar types of communities have similar kinds of uh, restrictions? We were really shocked by this, uh, and certainly Mary and Bev were. I'm not aware of this being a policy that's common in the industry. Um, so why this Friendship Village has this policy, I can't say. Right. 30 seconds left. Jeffrey, do you want to make a final point? Again, we know that businesses that are inclusive are more successful, and a state that is more inclusive is more successful. That's our goal. All right, Arlene, we'll just, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what you're going to be doing and how long it's going to take yeah. to do it. Would you anticipate a year, two years? Well, well we, like I said, we have to file the notice of appeal, and then it's up to the court how long it takes for them. You know, Briefs have to be filed by both sides. It's up to the court how long it takes for them to make their decisions. So it could, it could be, a, could be easily a, a year or two. Okay, I want to thank you both, Jeffrey thank Mittman, you so much. for thank being you. with us, Executive Director of the ACLU of Missouri, and Arlene Zaremka, a lawyer for the plaintiffs Mary Walsh and Beverly Nance, and their suit against Friendship Village. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. <laughs>